Hello and welcome to the latest Copcast podcast with Cop Left. Joining me to talk all things Liverpool tonight, a couple of days before, or probably the day before the Merseyside Derby when this is reaching you, I've got two great guests. Joining me first from, from Belfast is David Dunning. How are you doing, Dave? I'm good, thanks, Neil. How are you? Yeah, dead on. Like, looking forward to getting this derby on the go. It was a bit, um, yeah, I know we had the internationals last week, but it's not quite the same. Alongside Dave, we've got from Perth, Ali Thompson. How you doing, Ali? Yeah, really good. It's been too long since I was last on on the show, so I thought I'd jump back on when I had the chance. Yeah, absolutely. A blast from the past, but uh, good to have you back. And uh, we're actually a blast from the past this week, to be fair. Uh, we did do pods, or have done pods the last two weeks, but uh, for, one, for one reason or another, they haven't quite made it to air technical issues and the likes nothing nothing to do with the quality at all <laughs> thanks for sticking with us we are back and we, we will be back on a more regular basis from now on we hope to have these technical glitches ironed out okay so yeah we're going to talk all things liverpool as they have been over the international week and with obviously the prelude to to the derby and uh, i look forward to that uh, we may even get on to talking about transfers in the wake of uh, the big big news that Liverpool are apparently going to break their transfer record this year and spend more than they've ever spent before. So, well, we'll see. We'll see. But to start us off, we had the internationals, guys. And, um, yeah, so first of all, yeah, before we get on to Liverpool, what did you make, um, Dave, of, of the international week? Any, any stories for you? Obviously, you watched a, a win for Northern Ireland, which is nice given uh, our history. So, um, what's the crack with you on the international weeks? Yeah, I like the international weeks um, much more than most people do. So, um, I had a nice time. I went to the match. I saw us have a nice win, and we're sitting, sitting handily, handily placed in the group. So, for me, it was grand until I got up the other day and saw that Alan was out for four weeks, which was kind of a bummer, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So there is that. Um, yeah, so not not overly pleased about that, but yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's just as suppose a question as to, to what we're going to do about about replacing him in the side and what he does. Because I think whatever people may think of of him and and Firmino, I think for the way we play, they're the two most important players. So that will remain to be seen, and thankfully Mane didn't get carried off and abducted by a supporter on his international break either, which. Was useful, more useful than, than England's out in anyway. So, um, yeah, um, I think it throws, throws some inter- interesting questions up about team selection on Saturday. And is that just, uh, you just mean in the wake of the Lalana injury? I mean, we didn't pick up any others, did we? I haven't missed anything. No, it's just for me, it's, it's, it's funny. We, we, we always seem to have had one midfielder or another out all season, but I can't actually remember us having to replace two of um, Henderson, Lalana, Chan, and Wijnaldum. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what he does. And I think people will probably be calling for for Coutinho to get get dropped back a little bit deeper. But but fuck, I don't know. He, he he doesn't seem to he doesn't seem to fancy him there. I don't know whether he'll be able to find an alternative or not. That for me is a weird one. And then obviously with the the two guys coming back from Brazil, see what see what shape they're in because um, they only. I think they played in, was it Tuesday, Tuesday night or Wednesday yeah, early, night? Early hours Wednesday morning, yeah. Early hours of Wednesday morning. Um, and it's a long flight home as well, so. But they um, looked to be having fun on the flight, to be fair to them, like, didn't they? 
Yeah, they did in the photos, like. But, well, yeah. they had they had just qualified for the World Cup, so um, yeah. And Fitina um, scored a great goal. We'll come on to that in a, in a wee minute, mind you. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. Um, I think it's it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a weird one. It's gonna be strange. So a happy enough international week for you then on the on the on the actual country front, the Northern Ireland getting a decent win, but then uh, questions thrown up about Liverpool. Yeah, and is it the same for you, Ali? I know Scotland uh, had had a decent win, like got through one nil, but uh, by all accounts played much better and and actually deserved a, a better scoreline. So how did you find the international weeks? And no, not as positive as Dave on international week, unfortunately. Um, I I can't stand it. I have no interest in international football at all. Um, it was good to see them win. As I said, the pod it's the the first game I'd watched in a in a while and. They played well and they should have won much more comfortably than they did. So um, it was it was good to see. But for me, it was just waiting for the making sure all the players came back fit for for club level. I mean, the biggest story for me probably was the the Seamus Coleman injury over the international, which was was horrific, um, especially for the hour game coming up as well with them. Um, so it wasn't pretty to see. No, not at all. I mean, I I didn't see the game. Um, and I came back and I flicked on Twitter as is my fucking habit like and I just saw first of all just uh, comments about a horrific injury to an Everton player and uh, then as I scrolled down you know I found out obviously it was Coleman but uh, I still haven't seen the tackle and, and I heard that uh, it was a, a shocking tackle and that apparently they didn't really even show replays of it they were certainly not after impact like so obviously that has you know, to use the same word again, an impact on on our on our game this weekend. Everton have suffered actually a few injuries. Uh, Funes Mori picked up an injury, and so did McCarthy uh, in the warm up. I think in the Ireland game, so Cummins uh, raging about that one. So do you think? I mean, I know we've we've lost Alana. We've got the two lads coming back from Brazil, as um, as Dave mentioned there. But do you think you know Everton have actually found this international break a little bit tougher going than we have? I'd say so, yeah. Um, I mean, apart from the Lallana, I mean, we kind of knew about the Henderson one, although there's still obviously a chance. We've not, there's nothing confirmed yet. Um, the Brazil boys were back, you know, Wednesday afternoon, so they they, be, they should be fine. Both, it's not like yeah, they're both trained today by all accounts, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think I had heard that Liverpool had put the the plane on for them to get them basically straight home after the game. So more not than a bad time, taxi, is it? <laughs> no, certainly not. No, so I think Everton have struggled the most, and it's key players they're losing as well from their from their team, um, and they're on a they're on a good bit of form just now. So it'll be be interesting to see how they deal with. It. I mean, they don't have the biggest squad either. I mean, they bring through a lot of youth, um, which is paying off for them with some of the players. So uh, I think they've definitely felt this one much more than us, um, even judging by their fans' reaction on Twitter as well. Mm. Um, it's usually our fans that are frustrated at international managers with injuries that we get. But yeah, absolutely right. I mean, uh, the Coleman one is is one of those where you, it's a horrendous a horrendous tackle by every account that I've heard. It's something you can't really legislate for. But certainly the the McCarthy one, Coleman is is uh, was irate according to the stories because of, at the player as well as Martin O'Neill. Uh, and I also, you know, read the club was not surprisingly pretty hacked off at uh, Gareth Southgate, who um, the story goes decided to play Lalana for the second forty-five, even though 
there was a complaint of a thigh injury at half time. And what, what do you make of that, Dave? I mean, we've had the usual kind of crap in the papers, you know, Klopp should show respect and suck it up. But I mean, would you fucking suck it up? No, I, it's, I, it's such a fucking weak opponent as well, which is the frustrating thing. But at the same time, you know, a certain amount of responsibility has to lie with the player to say, actually, boss, I'm not good for the second half. Or at least go out there and after a couple of minutes, just lie down and just wave your hand in the air and say, no, nice. I can't continue. Yeah, it's it's annoying. It's so annoying because it always seems to happen. Fuck's sake, Sturridge was nailed on to get injured practically every time he went away. Now, in saying that, that wasn't the only time he ever got injured. But, you know, you've, you've had it. You've had it pretty much every every international break. Someone comes back injured. I did um, read also that this was Lalana's third uh, muscle injury of the season with England, whilst away on England duty. Yeah, and then that'll beg the question as to what are they doing out there? What's their training like? What's the what's what type of regime are they undergoing that that seems to be having these? Repeat occurrences. Now, it could just be coincidence. It could just all be horseshit. I, I have no idea. Um, but I suppose it's, it's an interesting conversation to have, but I wouldn't know nearly enough about it to, to be able to engage in it. So it's not really what we need right now, particularly with Henderson, Henderson not being, not being fit and fine or even available. So we'll, we'll see how we deal with it, I suppose. I want to move on. I want to sort of bring it all into to selection at some point, but I want to I want to move on to we'll stay with the internationals, but shift focus slightly to the Brazilian lads and and in particular Coutinho. Obviously, he's many Liverpool fans would say that he's our best player, certainly one of our best players, capable of anything when he's on song. Had a pretty pretty great start to the season was registering, scored a lot of goals, plenty of assists, and, and besides that, lit up matches. Then he got injured. He's not found his form since, and it's fair to say he's been very poor by his own high standards and, and pretty pretty poor by any standards since his return. A lot of talk about whether he was still harboring an injury, whether he was playing through a pain barrier, whether he wasn't quite right. He was coming off after 60, coming off after 70. Looked like the substitutions were pre-planned. A lot of talk about whether he was actually going to go with Brazil. He went with Brazil. He played for Brazil. He scores a wonder goal. He opens a score. Well, a great goal, shall we say. It's not a wonder goal. Opens a scoring. Plays an excellent match. So, what do you think? Is this a worry? Is that a worry to you, Ali? Or is this just good? This just shows that he's coming back into form and he'll be able to turn it back on for us? Or is it a worry that he can't find his form for us yet going over to Brazil, he can turn it on? This is a hard one for me. I've been I've been quite hard on Coutinho for the last couple of seasons. I, I always say he's kind of like a vine player. He has moments of brilliance that look great. When you show highlights from match a day, he, he looks like one of the best players in the world. But when we're watching him for 90 minutes, he just he disappears and he loses the ball quite a lot. And this season, I, I had said in the summer that if a money, you know how there was the talk of the Barcelona bids, yeah. and I said if money come in, I would I would take it. He hadn't shown anything like he was going to become consistent. And in the first half of the season, he shut me up. You know, he started to put a run of games together. It wasn't just moments in games. He was showing you know a bit more, a bit more form. Um, and then that injury is just knocked out of him. And 
people say it's just the injury coming back, but to me it just seems like it's the old Coutinho again. Um, so I, I hope the Brazil form is, it was just an injury, and I, and I am wrong, because I, I never want to be right about a player in a negative way, because it affects the club. So I hope it is just a, he's coming back to form, and the fitness is maybe slowly back to normal, and the confidence maybe is back, because it was, it was a muscle injury, was that right, with Coutinho? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, it was. So, so, yeah, maybe it's just the fitness, so the confidence back in himself. I mean, his goal, he was well taken. Um, but he, he really has a bad game for Brazil. And that's where I worry again, just like why we don't see it at club level more. I, I can care less how he plays for Brazil, but when he's playing well and he's not playing well for us, that's, yeah, when yeah. I, that's where I care, yeah. Yeah, then it's a concern in a way. Yeah, I mean, I wonder, is it, is it is it a stylistic thing, Dave, do you think? I mean, we, we sort of touched on position and we're going to bring that round in, in a moment. Does he play deeper for them? Does he play in a slightly different position? Is he coming in off the left? Is it is it just a, I don't know, a, a, a comfort thing, playing, playing with uh, the likes of Neymar, who's got a great relationship with, obviously, Firmino. He has that at Liverpool anyway, we know that. Is, is it that kind of thing or... or you know, is it is it a coming back to form or is there a problem? Uh, there's a number of different ways you could look at this, I suppose. It could be, and hopefully it is, that, that he's coming back into form. But the other the things that we have to consider are that I wouldn't say that South American teams are known for their defensive style or capability. So I'm sure he finds it easier to find space, particularly against teams that aren't going to camp in their last third, as a lot of teams have started to do against us since we had form early on the season. Yes, he's playing with his, his, his mate Neymar there, and I think I read somewhere that, that 15 of Brazil's last yeah. 24 goals have been Either those Neymar two. Or Coutinho. <laughs> yeah, those two linking up in some way or another, which is just a, a absolutely incredible stat. Um, and the other thing is, um, it, it seems, I was reading that, is it, is it Tite? The, the Brazilian manager mm-hmm. yeah seems to have given him more of a free role in the side he seems to to drift about kind of in behind the front the front line so I'm sure that type of responsibility and that type of freedom certainly appeals to a player with with the Coutinho's talent and and Coutinho's inclination to get forward and to beat men and to, to find that final pass so I'm sure he enjoys playing in that role. I'd say he probably enjoys playing in that role a lot more than he enjoys playing for playing for Liverpool due to the the additional responsibilities the club gives him defensively, etc. Um, and I'm sure it's much more challenging. So, um, hopefully, if nothing else, that will give him a bit of confidence. I suppose. Hopefully, he can come back thinking that you know we've qualified for the World Cup. I've scored a goal. I've played two good games. Um, and I'm going to carry that form into what is a big game um, in the derby. And, you know, to be fair, to continue, we can say what we like about him, but, um, he, yeah, he shows up in the big games. Yeah. He absolutely does. So let's hope that, um, let's hope he shows up, shows up on Saturday and, and we can all just breathe a huge collective sigh of relief that, that that part of his season, that hopefully our season's over. Yeah, no, no, I think we, we can be quite confident in saying that, that uh, the, the worst part of our season is over, let, let's hope at least. 
But yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. I mean, I, I, I totally agree with you both. I really do hope that this is, um, a, you know, a return to form and that this will give him confidence because he clearly is a confidence player. I mean, that, that's kind of one of the, probably the biggest cliches in football. And probably the, all players are confidence players, but some it seems to affect more than others. And Coutinho seems to be one that's slightly fragile in that sense. Yeah, and I take your point also, but the, you know, slightly different, that lesser defensive responsibilities perhaps, and also you're going to have more space against a Paraguay than you are perhaps in the average Premier League game. But shifting it on then, we've, we've talked about um, the very probable lack of a Henderson, and even if he is coming back, he's what, five weeks since he played competitive football or longer maybe? A long time mm-hmm. anyway. We're, we don't have Lalana, we know that. So there is that question then. How are we going to rejig the midfield? Um, and Ali, what do you think? Or is it, you know, obviously Lucas is still there, heaven forbid. Um, you know, there's, I don't know, Grujic is knocking about. I don't think he's fit. He's, he's unlikely to call on him at this point. Kevin Stewart's still kicking about. Again, very limited. But then there's talk that Sturridge trained this week and has been training and there is the idea of slipping Coutinho back into the three and, and starting with the storage in the front three What? how would you line up or how would you look to f- fill the gaps in midfield if it was me I mean the three I wanted from from the start of the season was Chan Deepest with Coutinho to the side and Wijnaldum in the Lallana role mm-hmm. um, but I mean Wijnaldum's kind of grown on me now and I don't think we really want to move him from that the link role. Okay. Um, so it's a, that's the three. If we're going to stick with a three the way um, Klopp seems to prefer, I think that's the three we do need to go with. Um, but I think we have to keep... I mean, Chan's found a bit of form. He's progressing back into the player that certainly I believe he is and wanting to continue for the club. Um, and he seems to be developing a good partnership with Alvaro in the last few weeks as well. Um, so it was me, I'd have those three and then bring in Aridian um, to play the wide left role where I feel that's probably the strongest out of the, the three um, and just use his pace as well against the, the Everton fullbacks. So h- how it would work, I don't know because you're missing a lot of, especially in a derby game um, and only Chan's really got real real fight and fire in him in there mm-hmm. um, where, where Henderson does bring that in a, in a big, you know, it might be, it's, it's not the I don't know. I'm not Henderson's biggest fan in that role, but he does bring a bit of passion. Yeah, certainly. So we say, like, like, like the Gerard type, you know, what, what they lacked in the, the discipline ability type thing in that bit. You know, they always had the 100% passion, heart on the sleeve type for the, for the derby games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and he does certainly he puts energy in there and, um, you know, he's going to be snapping in around the hills constantly and consistently. So, I mean, that, that's absolutely a concern, I would say. I mean, Emery, um, I like him there as well in the deepest. I know you're a big a big Henderson fan. And to be fair, I, I like what Henderson offers as well, although I do like Chan in, in that role. But how are you addressing that then, Dave? Are you are you with uh, Ali looking at Origi and slipping Coutinho in there? Or have you got an eye on, on Stewart or somebody coming in instead and keeping Coutinho in the front three? What, do you, what, are, your, uh, what are your thoughts? 
I think Ali's probably right is the, the, the logical thing in, a, in probably most Liverpool supporters' minds to do this is to drop Coutinho deeper and, and Origi takes the, takes the other, other slot because I think we've, we've probably seen all season that one way or another, Chan or Origi seem to be like number one and number two subs when it comes to any of those six players. So that's probably what will happen. But for some reason, I, I just, I, I just see him doing something mad. A wild card? Yeah, I just, I really do see him doing something mad. I don't know whether he'll, he'll he's gone to Woodburn a lot recently. You a think lot more you than, start Woodburn? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just suggesting that we've, we've already seen Klopp do some mad things. Yeah, like, no, absolutely. You know, like even when he brought, he brought Woodburn on against Burnley at 1 each, I thought that was crazy. Yeah, for he Coutinho hooked, as well. He, right? hooked, he hooked Coutinho and brought on a fucking 17 year old with about 70 minutes Premier League experience under his belt. And what was, um, it was Burnley and all, but, it was a massive game moving into you know the last half an hour level against a team that like that wasn't even going that could have been and he was bringing it, him on at what I was bringing him on yeah he was bringing him on level and then we scored just as he came on isn't that right that's right yeah we scored just after he came on the pitch but you know that that's neither here nor there really it was just that, it was just that that decision was made at that yeah, time yeah. of the game at one Absolutely, and I think he went to him. I think he got minutes at he got minutes at Leicester, and what was City? No, he didn't get any minutes at City, but he, he's been consistently on the bench there. So I don't know. There's something makes me think that that he could feature from the start, but logically, those those are the eleven that we've talked about. Sturridge trained this week. We'll see if he features. You know what? He's he's more likely to get injured off the pitch, than so you might as well <laughs> than on it. So you might as well just fucking start him, I suppose. Maybe if you just just let him stay at Anfield all the time, he might be fine. Um, yeah, just so train on the pitch on his own. Just train on the pitch. We'll get him a wee tent and a wee fucking stove or something, and it'll be grand. No, I don't know. So I don't know. It's it's maybe worth considering. I, I don't know many sessions he's had. I know Pop's funny about you must do X amount of sessions before I throw you in. But I, you know, I don't think he's a he's a fucking luxury, isn't he? Even having him on the training pitch, so um, he's not really to be counted on. He is, and he isn't. Yeah, he is. He's a luxury, and he isn't really to be counted on. Having said that, he has had some some epic moments against Everton. Although Steve Ogarigi's been. Pretty good at every time he's played against Everton as well. I mean, um, Funes Mori had to practically break his ankle last season because he was tearing him a new one. He played really well, actually, uh, up front of the zone against Everton at Goodison. And we're the only team that's beaten Everton at Goodison this, this year, by the way. I'll throw that in again because it's probably been missed on all the podcasts that never were. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> it's, I mean, it's an interesting take on the, on the Woodburn front. I mean, I, I think the logical thing, as you say, and as Ali mentioned, is 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 what Ali said. You know that Origi's likely to come in and play that role, and um, Coutinho is likely to be dropped back, and that's probably what I would do, um, provided Origi's fit as well. Because I mean, he, I think he was nursing a bit of an injury before the international break. But then there is that 
you know, that wild card element, as you say, Woodburn's been around the squad all season. He's been getting minutes more and more often. And, of course, Sturridge is there. So, I mean, maybe he decides to throw him in. So, it's kind of up in the air. I mean, and that's what's interesting. Our only real injury concern is Lalana Henderson. Yeah, we're iffy about, but we, we kind of knew, knew that. Uh, and then the question, I suppose, if there is a question, is at centre-half with, with Lovren being fit again. So, what do you reckon, Ali? Does, is it is it Lovren and Matip, or does Clavin keep his place? Um, that's like asking what hands yeah. you want me to get chopped off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you want to get the bullet or the knife? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know who you would go with it. I mean, I'd, you'd like to think... I mean, I missed the last game. Um, I only really went by you guys' commentary really on it in the, the WhatsApp group. Um, I didn't even watch it because I heard we played terrible. But everybody kept saying how bad Clavin was. Um, but we won. So yeah. I, I wouldn't be against Clavin staying in the team. Yeah, and then the whole this whole contract talks now and how he's, he's stalling on contracts. So, I mean, you don't know if Klopp will take that like to where his head's at. So I don't know. Is that Lovren? Lovren's one, sorry. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, personally, I, I don't think I really mind who plays because I've I've not got faith in either. Okay. Um. So again, it's just. I mean, I've not really got much faith in any other defence. I mean, does it matter really what four plays? We still kind of half expect that calamity error. We never seem to concede good goals. It's always we we throw them away. So. To be honest, any of the back four plays, you're never going to have full faith in it. Um, you're just hoping that the, the forward, the forward six, um, bail you out. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, that's fair. I mean, I think maybe the Man City goal was was a good goal, the one they scored against us. But yeah, we do tend to concede a lot of a lot of soft, soft goals. Um, and City goal this week, that the the Aguero one, yeah. that was a weak goal. You can see just. The space that the was it the full was it Sane that set the goal up? Um, it was De Bruyne. Yeah, so De Bruyne, De Bruyne. Yeah. so much space over on the on wide right, and then uh, Clavan just seemed to just Aguero had so much space in the middle. Now I know Aguero's obviously a world class player and can find that space, but I mean, as soon as the ball gets wide, I mean, you know what Aguero's going to do. So we, you've got to be closer to him just to. I put it now. I thought it was a very soft goal. It was well worked, obviously, from the Man City point of view. They've done what exactly what what we don't do, which is open to play quickly and create space. Bang, especially, bang, bang. yeah. yeah. yeah um, it wasn't until I think the only time we've ever really seen us move that quick in recent games was obviously the Ronaldo goal against Arsenal. Hmm. So, but yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I mean, that's that's one of the better goals we could see, but they generally seem to be sloppy defensive errors um, that. You know, schoolboys get taught to do properly, and that's yeah. all. And that's not picking on Lovren. That's I mean, nobody, even Matip's had his calamities. Klein, Klein's had a few shockers this year. I mean, Milner's been the best of the, the best of the four, and that's worrying. Um, and I don't even think he's been as good as people say. But yeah, just whatever four, including Magnolia, that they put out. Let's just hope Chan, Wijnaldum and whoever he plays in front of them are at their best. Because um, that, that back four against Lukaku is, is, is a worry. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm on board with your concerns. I wish I hit that phrase, but yeah, I couldn't think of anything else there. But yeah, I agree with your concerns. Like, um, particularly, 
in the middle of our defence. Uh, well, actually, that, that left corridor, like you mentioned, that De Bruyne had so much space there. I mean, that's really it. Because you've got James Miller, who's playing there, who's on the left side, who is doing her job getting forward, but we, we know doesn't have the legs to get back, and he's sort of cheating a bit, and then he's sitting pretty far forward. And then when you've got a Clavin or a Lovren there, it's not great cover, whoever's there. Um, so that is, that is a concern. But Lukaku comes up, you mentioned, and, and Mignolet as well. So obviously these two are Belgian teammates. Dave, Mignolet seems to do all right against Romelu. I mean, he has scored the odd goal against us, but, you know, if you look at the chances and stuff that there have been and, and, and the moment since, since both players have been at the respective clubs, and you'd say probably Mignolet's come out on top, wouldn't you? I would say so. But Lukaku's brilliant, isn't he? He is. There is there's no, there's no escape. I wanted him years ago. Years he ago. is brilliant. It was the most baffling thing I've ever encountered transfer-wise when Mourinho sold him. I just couldn't believe it. When they were crying thought, out for, for him. I know. I, I, he's, such a, he's such a Mourinho player, isn't he? Yep. I, so, yeah, I, I think I rate him really highly. I think he's great. However, I think when it comes to the centre half issue for me, it's it has to be Lovren. Clavin's limited. Lovren is a capable centre half. Is decision making? Yeah, I think Lovren's best is better than Clavin's best, isn't it? But isn't Lovren's worst worse than Clavin's worst? <laughs> I think Lovren. Lovren. I don't think Lovren plays essentially poorly, so to speak. It's glaring errors in judgment and sometimes he can do it three sometimes even four times a game where he just does something and he's just thinking what on fucking god's green earth possessed you to go and do that whereas sometimes he'll have games where he actually doesn't but you still have this consistent anxiety that it's gonna happen at any point here it is. Here it is. Yeah. <laughs> Every time the ball's like fizzed up, you're like, oh, fuck, just kick it away. It was one time earlier on in the season where he absolutely launched the ball. I was at Swansea. He launched it 70 yards up the pitch into the stand at the well, other, end of the, other end, the end of the ground. Right at the end of the game, wasn't it? It was just like a yeah. habit moment like in the 93rd. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was like, do you know what, man? That's the greatest decision you've ever made in your footballing career. You got such praise for that on social media. Absolutely. <laughs> Why can you just not? Why can't all your decisions be as sound as that? So for me, the other thing is he's quicker, and and Lukaku is is big and he's strong, and I just think I just think he'll be more physically able to to compete with him. So for me, that's a no brainer. But at the same he's time, he's going to play off that side, though, isn't he? He's going to play in that corridor between the left back and the left centre back, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And we saw how how Clavin has been exposed for pace in behind and I can imagine that they'll sit quite deep I think for us it's it's trying to stop that supply and they have I think it's worth mentioning the, the injuries that they have in, in midfield particularly Well McCarthy's um, a big loss for them because he started to get his form back he hadn't done too well under Koeman at the start of the season I know my cousin's a, an Everton fan and he was uh, as you know Dave but he was um yeah, it's very scathing words from McCarthy and basically thought his days were numbered uh, pre-Christmas, but uh, he's really found his form and Koeman was was apoplectic by all accounts um, when he heard about this injury. Uh, so that'll be that'll be a big loss and, and Koeman's obviously a big loss. Uh, Did they miss uh-huh. anyone else? 
Phil? Yeah, I think the other significant one's Snyderland, oh, who's course. not going to yeah, be yeah. fit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's massive because they've really turned it on since the start of the year. And from what I've I've heard from Everton fans, is Snyderland's been a big part of that. So they'll miss him. And I think Morales is also injured, I believe. Is uh, that right? Yeah, I mean, he's a shithead anyway. Sorry. I know, he's a gobsite, but you can you can imagine him doing something as soon as Moy did last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, he, he tried it on Suarez a few years ago, didn't he? Yeah, he did. So, um, I'll, you know, yeah, I'll not, I'll not miss him. I'll not miss him um, being well, unavailable. I mean, McCarthy and Snyderland is basically their central midfield axis. I mean, they're they're falling back on Barry, and um, it'll be know. Barry, it'll be Barry Davis and Adrissa Gay, from what I yeah. can gather. So, um, Barry, I mean, so there's no pace there. I mean, Adrissa Gay's an engine. Davis is more your your attacking midfielder type, isn't he? And and you've got um you've got then Gay doing all the all the running in there, like mm-hmm. all the shuttling. So we'll see we'll see how we'll see how we fare up. It's the I battle guess. of the depleted midfields. Yeah, it really, it really, really is. Um, so I think you know we we just need to be more we just need to be more more clinical. Um, and it's worth mentioning our home record. We've only been beaten once at home this year. And, and did I mention we're the only team to beat Everton at Goodison this season? I've heard that. I've heard that <laughs> once or twice in the last month. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just, I'm just interested. I'm interested to see what way it's going to pan out. I don't know whether this will be an open game or whether they will try to stifle us. Um, but I can imagine it'll be more open than we might think it's going to be. Yeah, well, I mean, Koeman and and Klopp have had a couple of battles already. I mean, neither's been in the league that long, but I mean, obviously, there's that three-two uh, we could think of, um, where we were two-nil up and cruising at halftime, and then um, Skirtle happened, um, and then there's obviously the six-one at St Mary's when we battered them in the cup. So I mean, there've been a, a couple of kind of ding-dong battles already. Um, so yeah, I mean, looking at the the derby then, coming back to you, Ali, on this one, man. Everton haven't won at Anfield in eighteen years. It was nineteen ninety nine. It was a Kevin Campbell goal. Uh, they haven't won a Merseyside derby since the seventeenth of October two thousand and ten at Goodison. Uh, we have had in the latter Rogers era, we had three draws in a row. Uh, two thousand fourteen September. Uh, well. Both of the both of the games in 2014-15 were draws, and uh, obviously Rogers' last game in charge was a draw away at Goodison, one-one. Since Klopp's come in, he's won both his derbies. Obviously, you've got the Lukaku threat. We talked about the depletions and squads through injuries. So how so how do you see this one panning out? Yeah, what do we have to look out for? Do you see it being an open game or a gritty game? And how do you, yeah, essentially thoughts on on this one? I really hate that stat that Everton haven't won in so long because you, you mean <laughs> the laws of it says they're going to win one eventually at some point. Um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I suppose we say in probably the most recent ones that this is as good a time as any. Everton are on a bit of form. Our defence is as shit as always. Um, but I don't know. It's I, I do think it'll be a quite an open game. Everton never seem to learn their lesson um, about trying to attack us and. They, they, they might see Lallana as like us being weak without a captain Henderson and without Lallana so they will try and attack us and with Gareth Barry in that midfield I mean surely we, we can't lose to a team with Gareth Barry um, well, you would think so, 
when Aldam up against Barry's is a mismatch in terms of energy and and, and quickness. Yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, if we can stop the threat to Lukaku, I mean, it's hard to stop Lukaku, especially with our defence. I mean, there's better defenders than ours who have failed. Um, it's it's stopping the threat to him. Um, I mean, and without Schneider and without McCarthy, as as you both have previously mentioned, that's big losses to them um, for the on-ball stuff. The the young guy is it Tom Davis? Yeah, it's quite. Yeah. He's you know he's he's a new threat to the league and he's quite lively down the right. So that'll be another test for for Milner, um, who we imagine will keep his place at left back. There's. Yeah, so I, I mean I think that, that that's the hardest finish. thing for us. Yeah. No, I don't. I think I think it's I think him and Sturridge, to be honest, I think their Liverpool careers are over. Mm. Well, whereas they wouldn't be for me. But if they're not going to play, then you know just just let them go and. And replace you. I mean, you're better having youngsters. But yeah, I, I'm not worried at all. Again, it's a good team. You know, it's a top six, seven team. So they're the teams who do well. And if this had been Hull or Burnley, Swansea, these are the teams I, I'm, I always concern over. And I mean, it shouldn't be like that. But I just, I don't have the fear. Yeah, Everton will win one eventually, but I just don't see it being this weekend. I think it'll be quite a comfortable, comfortable win. Nice, nice. No, I mean, uh, I think you, you sort of covered all the points. I mean, they're, they're quite light in the midfield and obviously the, the Coleman injury as well. Yeah, I think they've got, the, the, is it Holgate uh, that plays it right back? Yeah, Holgate should come in, yeah. I, forgot, I totally forgot about the Seamus Coleman after bringing that up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I've just thought about that and, and, and what... And just going back to what I don't know why I'm I, why I'm pushing this. I just I just actually really want to see Woodburn start. I think subconsciously. But yeah. does, does he does he want does he maybe want to put Coutinho on the left hand side if if it's going to be Holgate playing? Does he want to look to expose that right back position? But then um, I mean then you're sacrificing because then you're either you're you're looking at Kevin Stewart or a or uh, Lucas in midfield, and, and I don't want to see a start with Lucas in midfield, ever. I don't know if it means anything, guys, but Woodburn's been playing deeper in the threes. That's my point. Over, the, the last five games, yeah, he's played yeah. in like, the attacking midfield, centre midfield role. That was, so, that was where I was going with that, Ali, is, is yeah. maybe push Woodburn into the Lalana position? Dave, scrap what I said, I'm, I'm with you. I'm team Woodburn for this. I'd start him in there. He plays without fear. This yeah. was my biggest. You know the West Ham game, the the two all draw. This was my like my biggest gripe over it was. I know we had a really depleted squad and, you know, the injury kicked in, but we've, we've got young guys on the bench who will come on with just such enthusiasm and no fear that they can make a difference. Yeah. Well, I think, what, what, what do we have to lose? Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the Everton youngsters have shown that this year. I mean, both of yeah. them have done really, really well. Absolutely, and I look at Rashford up, coming through for United. I don't really have any doubts that I wouldn't have been surprised if if Ajaria hadn't got his injury that he might have been the player that comes in for Lallana. Yeah, but as it is, as it is, he's he's unavailable. So yeah, I agree with you, Ali. Um, you know, there's there's the only thing that might stick out is is the physicality that the game might bring because. He's not exactly fully grown yet. Yeah, so that might that might bear bear weight on Klopp's mind when making that decision. But that's what he needs, though. Maybe so. Maybe so. But yeah, it's it's I I it's it's worth considering. It's worth considering. 
question for both of you guys. Klein's been fairly poor recent. I mean, is this is this tiredness with the amount of games he's played, and would you consider bringing in Trent for this? Because I thought he'd done really well against United um, when Klein was injured earlier in the season. So, where's your where's your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I think I've been fairly consistent on Klein, and it, it, I think he's, he's he's decent, but not. It doesn't provide enough going forward if you really want to be a top team. You know, I think you need more from your fullbacks in the final third, in especially playing this kind of system when you're relying on fullbacks to give you width and to link up and so on. I think his final ball just just isn't great. Having said that, I think you're absolutely right. He's played a phenomenal number of minutes in the last couple of seasons for us. I think if you certainly if you go back over the two seasons, he's probably played more minutes than any other one of our players so I mean it's bound to take a toll plus he's been playing with England playing with you know different managers different England managers different Liverpool managers on bringing bringing Trent in for this one I'd, uh, I don't know I, I probably wouldn't I'd probably be inclined just to just to stick with Klein just you know for seniority and whatever and the fact that he's fairly steady I mean I assume he played with England did he? I don't know if he saw minutes. I can't remember. I didn't see a lot of it, but I do, I do know Walker. I'm pretty sure Walker started both, both games. games. Yeah. Pretty sure. Well, I mean, if he hasn't had that many minutes with England, then I think it's a it's a good idea probably to start him. If he if he played the full games with England, then you'd, you'd think about maybe resting him. But it's a big game to bring Trent into. Now, that's not to say that he's fit. And he did do well against United, but they did roast him for the first sort of 10 10 minutes or so um, and then he found his feet and really grew into the game I don't know I mean I wouldn't be against it if, if, if it if it came around on on, on uh, Saturday morning and Klein got injured in the warm up you know got a knock and, and Trent had to start I wouldn't I wouldn't be against it but actually putting him into the starting 11 ahead of probably not like I can't see Klopp doing it anyway I don't know what you think James. I, I can't see Klopp doing it either to be honest um yeah, you know he he was away with the England under 19s as well. He, he scored a good goal actually um, when he was playing. Um, but I'm I'm pretty much the same persuasion as you, Neil. Where I, I wouldn't necessarily drop Klein for him, but it wouldn't phase me by any stretch if he did have to come in um, because I think the the young lad is very very capable. Um, and he seems to have a real level head in his shoulders as well. So, uh, yeah, I think, to be fair to, to Klein, his form hasn't been great recently. I did think he was excellent against City, mind you. Um, so, you know, I think if that's anything to go by, hopefully this little break will have done him some good because you know, I, I like Klein. I think he's fairly consistent. We know what his limitations are in the final third, but from a defensive perspective he's he's very seldom caught out um, and, that, and that can't be said for for very many of our defenders so I think it's it's worth having that reliability in there when it's not exactly in great supply amongst that back four yeah I mean I'd be inclined to agree um, inclined to agree to get it but that's good you. oh that was poor <laughs> and Klein didn't play a single minute in the international alright well, well all the better he should be resting come on. should be yeah. resting yeah. so yeah I mean I'd, pr- I'd probably stick with him so I mean how, how do you see it 
finish. And then Ali reckons we'll we'll be quite comfortable. It'll be quite an open game. Um, what do you reckon, Dave? Uh, I I I don't want to predict a win because I hate predicting results on these particular fixtures. I think we need to see some big performances. We need to see Wijnaldum have another big performance. Um, you know, he's, he's proven um, particularly in the big games and particularly in the big games at home that he can he can be a match winner and, and decide a game of football. So um, I'm expecting him to be able to dominate the midfield in there. Um, and hopefully we get we get some form from the from the front from the front three, whomever they may be. Um, so as long as we don't get caught out on the break too many times, um, and we can kind of control what type of supply Lukaku gets, because you're not going to be able to prevent them from getting the ball at all. But it's just making sure that he doesn't get it in areas of the pits that he can hurt us. And, yeah, and when in the early battles, isn't it? I mean, it's bound to be one of the centre backs will pretty much be on Lukaku all the time, or he'll yeah. be on one of the centre backs. So it's winning those early ones, isn't it? Absolutely. But we've seen him score goals against City and Chelsea, where he he can just he can just spin someone using his frame in the halfway line and and, and, and par his way into the box and stick it in the bottom corner. And he's a very accomplished finisher. I don't think so, there's a better player to in that actual skill of like rolling someone forty yards from goal and coming in. I mean, I think you'd put your house on him nine times out of ten to score. Like, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You see, Drogba used to be able to do that. Um, used to be able to roll a player like that and use his body and 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 just protect the ball. But he, he never had that coolness in front of goal. I don't think that Lukaku has. So, you know, if, if we can prevent that, I expect Everton will probably score. Um, so I think Ali hit the, hit the nail on the head earlier on. We, we need to see some, we need to see some form from Firmino when he gets his chances to stick them away because, you know, of, there, there's not much missing from, from those front three whenever they're all on form, but, but that is something that is. So let's hope that those two boys come back with, with nice, Nice feelings of scoring goals and having fun, and we can see for me those big pearly, yeah, we can see his big pearly whites on Saturday. Absolutely, no, I'm I'm 100% with you. I mean, there's always a danger when they do have a few, a few special players. Special, well, Lukaku is pretty special to be fair. I mean, they do have a a couple of very good players and uh, and Lukaku there, but I mean, I I'm fairly confident. I don't want to predict the result, the score, or anything, but I I do think Liverpool have enough and, and should win especially given the history of this fixture the fact that Klopp hasn't lost since he came in and the fact that uh, as has been alluded to we're very good in the big games and our players particular ones do tend to turn up for these kind of fixtures um, <clears throat> so yeah let's uh, let's hope it goes well but uh, I think it should be a positive result on Saturday so yeah just to I suppose just to finish off then the, the pod uh, we we'll spend the last kind of 10 minutes chatting about this is another kind of story that's broken this week in a way I mean it's it, it tend to break every year or every yeah around this time that you know but uh, this time the story's been broken by Paul Joyce in in the times that uh, Liverpool are uh, FSG are planning to invest heavily in, in playing staff this this summer um, that they've realized According to the article, the error of their ways, and that the the penny has dropped again. A quote: 
um, that they uh, need to now sign established players because uh, more players with potential, you know, uh, won't do the job. So, what do you make of this, uh, Ali? What do you make of this? Is this is this can you can you take this as as real? Can you take this as 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 maybe the the club trying to get a message out via this very well respected, well connected journalist? Or is this just kind of the same sort of story you tend to get around this time every year? Yeah, it just seems to be the same old, same old. Heard it before. We're interested in a player. Oh, cooled off interest. I'm just... Uh, it's, I'm mentally drained with Liverpool transfers. Um, it's, it's the best way to describe it. I, I feel like... I harp on all the time, and I feel like I just become negative. For the, I feel like I become Neil Devlin. <laughs> oh, um, no, that's a terrible you know, thing and, and, that, and that's what it does feel like. But I can understand exactly what he's, you know, how he feels. I mean, I'd, lo- I'd love to be able to put a positive spin on, you know, a lot of the stuff that we go through. But it just gets to the stage. I mean, you're invested so much emotionally, and it really is hard to turn off. But it's just, yeah, it's just same old, same old. We've been here before. I'm pretty sure if we if we look back a year online and, and reports it'll be more or less the same headlines we would have received I mean, and I by the same journalists as well to be fair I mean that Paul Joyce does seem to be you know one of the more respected ones um, through through social media um, as we alluded to pre-pod but how much faith I have in any journalist to be honest mainstream is is very slim it's a I, I believe it when I see it. Sort of. I mean, you mentioned Brandt before the pod um, as well. I mean, even though I've not seen much, I mean, he's well well regarded by lots of people I trust who watch, you know, German football and know a bit about him. So, but again, it's I'll believe it when I see him because the, what there's no player who would choose their first choice. I believe like who are, who are of a good level to make us their first choice club. Um, you know, especially in the situation we're in just now. I mean, that's. That would have to be a, a masterstroke from Klopp to you know to convince a player very passionately to make to make us first choice because they're not going to get the, the highest wages they're not going to be guaranteed trophy success right away so it, we need to we sell ourselves very well and it's something we struggle with I feel um, so yeah I mean we're look just no I'll leave it at that that'll do me <laughs> okay so it's a believe it when I see it and I, I, I can. I can completely understand that viewpoint because to me, you know, I have also not much faith in, in whatever comes out of the mainstream media, be it in sport uh, or, or whatever, the actual news either. And it does seem to be that around about this time when the January transfer window fury has kind of cooled off and we're, you know, we're, we're heading towards a run in that you do get this story about the promises of the summer. And, and to be fair, you know, Liverpool fans see it in different ways. Everybody sees it in a different way, how our transfers have been done in, in recent years. Some are very negative, some are less negative, some are middling, some are quite positive, some are, you know, not too many are over the top positive, but but some are. So you can look at it any way you want. I mean, I suppose we can say that last summer our big transfers were have been fairly successful, but at the same time there was a lot of stink about us being in a negative spend and, and you know, not having a full enough squad. I think, again, you can look at that in, in a couple of ways. You can look at it as, you know, we were skin flints, we didn't invest, we, we left ourselves short, or you can look at it in a way that, um, 
you know, Klopp decided that he really wanted to see exactly what he could get out of this squad and then be better set up to know what he actually needed to go on. So, I mean, again, that's, that's two completely different ways of spinning the, the same thing. What do you make of this, Dave? Because this kind of story, I mean, there were other quotes in it about wanting to match, uh, wanting to play at the top table, wanting to match the elite clubs, uh, wanting to, to go toe to toe, you know, with the, with the big boys and stuff like that. Now, do you take that to mean that we're going to try and like outbid for the likes of, I know, Obama Yang or, or something like that? Or do you see this more as a, a realization or a commitment to, you know, pay bigger wages on the targets that, that we have rather than, you know, competing for the targets that a Chelsea or a city would have? How, how do you interpret this? Well, first and foremost, I think we've already seen a shift in the club's transfer strategy in, in terms of the players that we brought in in the summer. Mm. Um, and if you look at, if you look at the four, you know, all four of them were bought to come straight into the first team. Yeah. Um, and three of them have come straight into the first team. Um, there wasn't the likes of, you know, Lazar Markovic, where highly rated but relatively unknown, mm. hot prospect. And at that time, he's a player that everybody was kind of looking at but waiting on. <coughs> and we thought, well, we'll make the first move here. And I don't know whether transfers like that have, have burnt FSG's fingers in the same way the Andy Carroll transfer burnt their fingers where they thought, well, do you know what? These guys, these guys aren't actually as likely to succeed as, as we think they are. Um, there is no guarantee and there is no secret formula. So maybe we've already seen that shift with regards to the, the piece in the paper. If it is the club who have fed the information, and I can't imagine that this has come with no source at all, um, because I don't think it's worth that journalist's no. reputation. Um, it's quite to, a, there are a few quite definitive statements in there, like, aren't there? Yeah, it's not half-assed. It's very direct. It's very to the point, and it's 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 very definitive, as you say. So, if that is the case, then. FSG will really be shooting themselves in the foot if it's just going to be same old, same old. That would be fucking PR suicide. Like, it really would. So one can only hope that, that they are going to follow through this time and, and maybe that now they've finally got the manager that they're absolutely sure of and the, the club's been structured more to their liking and, and the, the manager and, and the, the owners have, have more, a more aligned vision that they feel more prepared to spend the money. But ultimately, guys, the, the reality is is that, that that we need first and foremost Champions League to be able to compete with other teams for those high end players and to sit at that top table. And the second thing is the best players in the world aren't coming to England, not really. So we're still going to have to think outside the box a little bit. But it would just be nice for us to sit in the comfort knowing that money isn't a determining factor on the player that we're going to sign. And if we can convince the player to come to us, money isn't going to be an object. And it's not going to prevent any potential transfer from happening. So we'll wait and we'll see, and the proof will be in the pudding. But I think 
with regards to the paying wages, that that'll be the that'll be the defining factor, um, and whether we actually make some ground on our, our rivals with the players that we purchased in the summer. That's the romance in football for you there, Dave. Though I mean, for us to attract a player of of the ability that we want, it, it's going to be about money, and that's going to be a major factor of it. And I think that's where that's just where we seem to be struggling. I mean. We everybody knows I'm not a, a huge Lovren fan, but he's on. We spent what was it twenty twenty two million to sign him, yeah. and he's on sixty five thousand pound a twenty five, and he's on sixty five grand a week. Now sixty five grand is all he's worth. I mean, I, I think he's probably been overpaid, but we spent twenty six million to make him our first choice centre back. Now I know it was a different time than it is now, so that's completely different. But that just seems to be the level we're on. Like, so we've got him delaying our new contract. We've got Chan. There's dispute over his contract. I mean, this is where it all seems to fall down with us, and that's the biggest, the most frustrating thing as a fan. That it's money. It's you know, it's not because of the. It's not even because of the, the lack of success the Champions League were losing out on players. I do believe they're doing the best for us. I'm not one of these FSG outers, but um, it is a slight concern where we keep losing out on these players, and it all seems to be because the player, the players talked about money. Well, realistically, that, that's what it's going to be. You know, in today's in today's world, do you know what though? It, it, I I don't necessarily buy into the fact that it always is about the money because we never actually hear a story that this player went to this club because actually that was the club out of the three that he most wanted to go to. He didn't most want to go to Liverpool, and then Liverpool were going to pay him, you know. 15 grand a week left, so he went, no, I'm going to go to my second choice. And if you look at the likes of, you know, Dembele, who went to Dortmund, we've spoken, spoken, spoke to him, and by all accounts, Klopp went and spoke to him. But actually, he decided that because of Dortmund's recent history of promoting youth, playing good football, qualifying for the Champions League, being successful, and getting a name for, for being a club that actually develops young talent um, and gives them opportunities in the first team. That's why he made that decision. Isn't that Not- a prime example of what we're saying? I mean, but who, who built Dortmund to be like that? Exactly. Our, our current manager. And we we failed. I mean, that should have been a, an easy sell then. You know, if, if it was based on just that. that should but be we're, not, we're not there yet. We're not there yet, Ali. And hopefully, in three or four years, we will be that team that players look at and yeah, say, that's the club I want to go to. But we're but not there yet. Isn't that why we got Klopp? Isn't he that selling point? Look what I did to Donald. Look where Donald were before me. Look at where Mains were before me. You know, Klopp should be the selling point for, for that very thing that we're then trying to sell. Absolutely, Ali. But the thing is, players think of it as, I have a short career and I can't spend four years for a club waiting to yeah. get... That's, to that standard. That, that's what, so, and that's where, that's and that's 22, I guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think we're both on the right page and we're both kind of seeing the same thing. I just, I'm that more cynical where, you know, it's a business. It's not, it's, it's romance and passion and emotion to us. But to those to- players, it's just, totally. it's just a job. Totally. Yeah, but I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're coming at the same thing from, from slightly different angles, like on you. It's pretty much, um, you know, their, their money's always going to be a, be a factor and some of us would like it to be less of a factor and so on but yeah I think sometimes it's not not the only 
defining factor. Um, but it, it, I mean, this, this kind of article, although you can never take anything you read in the papers at, at face value, it does kind of give you a little bit of confidence that, you, you know, that, that things are moving on and that uh, there is a realization that more so in the wages than the transfer fee, as far as I'm concerned, you know, there's talk of, you know, oh, why didn't we, we, we could have matched uh, United's fee for Pogba or whatever. And of course we could have, but we were never going to match the 300 grand a week that they're paying him like. So, I mean, do you think, do you think we, you know, do you think we'll, we'll make that step? I mean, I think personally that's, that's the thing that's holding us back. I don't think it's transfer fees. I think we've paid enough big transfer fees. I think we'd be willing to go higher. Uh, I think it, it's when it comes down to that initial contract, that offer. They're going to a city or a Chelsea or even an Arsenal and, and they're coming back with minimum 150 grand a week and we're probably going in at 70, 75 on an initial offer. I mean, do you think that penny will have dropped? I don't know. Um, and I think you're right. I think that's what I've said all along. It's the wage structure uh, that seems to let us down. Um, and I mean, as I said, I mean, what 26 million, 25 million centre back? Is only earning sixty-five thousand pound a week at a top team. Mm. Well, that's that, it. I mean, there was all that talk about Raheem Sterling, and you know, people still call him a snake and stuff. But you got a player like that who was basically your your best player for three months of a season when you were ripping up the league, and Suarez, by all accounts, was was monumental. And then you you offer him a new contract, thirty-five grand a week. He is going to tell you where to go, you know, especially yeah. when someone's coming in saying, well, you can have 200 grand a week and a 4 million signing on fee if you sign for us. Plus, we're better. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. It's, I mean, we, we would all do it in our own jobs if, if a rival company to whatever one we worked for come and said, well, we'll, you know, we'll 10 times your wages if you want. We'll give you a nice wee signing on fee. We'll, we'll give you more bonuses a year. I mean, what would you do? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think mean, the club made everything public as well. We, you know, I, I feel we're really bad at handling contract situations. Everything seems to be made public. I mean, until the player is signed and it's maybe confirmed, we we, we don't need to know that yeah. a player's. I mean, it wasn't this. Yeah, even know that the negotiations are taking place. Do you know what? No. When we do when we do good transfers. That's actually the case. Because yeah. if you think if you think of Manny and you think of Wijnaldum, they practically happened within like. The 48 to 24 hours they were just done there was a few whispers and then it was done and then yeah. it was announced um, it never seems to be when when you hear wranglings and, and anything with any longevity it never seems to then eventually happen it either just happens right away or it doesn't happen at all um, yeah. so maybe maybe that is because Maybe maybe we maybe we did start the match wages this year. Maybe maybe we've already done it. I, I don't I don't I don't know I don't know. Um, but like I said, yeah, but fuck, we get sitting and arguing to the cars. So and we'll probably be having the same conversation next year. But I suppose for some fans, there needs to be a kind of statement signing um, to pacify them and to satisfy them that FSG are putting as much money into the club as as they should be. Um, but I think what will make fans more happy is for for players' wages just to get the schools to say, yes, look, we have five pairs, players who earn over £200,000 a week. And then things still won't be right in the pitch. Then who the fuck do we blame after that? The players who are earning too much money. 
but they're not worth that amount of money. So yeah, it's a cycle, isn't it? It's a, it's it's, a, it's a vicious circle. It's, yeah, it really is. Yeah. It totally is. You know, you look at Arsenal now and there, and that fucking Ozil, Ozil getting paid fucking two hundred grand a week. Yeah, it's, it's it's yeah. I mean, I mean, for me, I mean, I'm glad you've sort of brought Arsenal up, and maybe we'll finish on this one because Alexis Sanchez, Alexis Sanchez, Alexis Sanchez. I mean, this is the guy that we wanted, that Liverpool wanted. We were supposed to get him on the Suarez deal. We somehow managed to fuck that up. Uh, he went to Arsenal. He's probably yeah. I would you'd probably say undoubtedly Arsenal's best player. Yet at the same time. He's pretty much ripping apart their um, their uh, morale. You would you would probably say um, this is the worst Arsenal have been in twenty odd years. They're, they look shot. They look like they are going to miss out this year. There are a lot of ructions in the paper because of Sanchez's supposed uh, ructions, his desire to leave, the unrest in the dressing room that he's causing, the sulks that he has, the way he berates other players. And then there's the suggestion that without Sanchez's influence, Ozil wouldn't be acting up the way he is and, and so on and so forth. So, I mean, is this, I mean, a lot of Liverpool players, Liverpool fans, I think Dave even maybe mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. Would you not just go out and get an Alexis Sanchez? Would you not just go out and get X superstar player? Now, a lot of Liverpool fans would be happy for that. Um, go out and spend 60, 70 million on a player, that's your statement signing, whatever. Now, surely it's much more important to look at the all-round picture and sign the player that's actually going to fit at the club, because to my mind, Sanchez was totally the wrong player for Arsenal. Yes, I think he's still totally the right player for us, so Do you? Do you you, you not think his ego's too big? I think an ego is something that can be controlled by a good man manager. Okay. Now, not saying Wenger's not a good man manager, but I think, (laughs) (laughs) I think that he probably does not have the same capabilities as the likes of, say, Jurgen Klopp has. And I know Klopp is very much into his psychology, um, and that type of thing. And that's all well and good. And that is certainly going to assist him with, with players who have that type of temperament. Ultimately, though, as a player, stylistically, he is his skill set's perfect for what we're trying to do, I think. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. I think if you put him where Firmino is, um, we're a totally different proposition um, going forward. And that is a frightening thought, considering how we were operating at the start of the year. So I get where you're coming from. Do you want that type of potentially negative influence in the dressing room? Who carries so much weight because of their quality and what they've won and so on. Totally. Um, but at the same time, sometimes you need, sometimes you need a player who's been there and who's done it. And if nothing else, Alexis Sanchez has a winning mentality. And I get the feeling that that's why he's fucking acting up because Arsenal are getting stuffed every fucking week. They're getting yes. hammered 10 to by fucking Bayern Munich. Well, that might... Two years on the fucking bounce. That might be. You know what I mean? And that's fair enough, but I mean, rumour has it certainly amongst Arsenal fans that this has been going on for a lot longer. This has been going on since pre-Christmas and and to be fair to Arsenal, I mean, I know it was a very weak league last year, but they did finish second and 
you know, they were doing all right this season until they kind of blew up uh, in, in recent. So, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I know what you mean. I know he does. I know he was seen as the archetypal Suarez replacement and all that. But, I mean, Suarez was a real winner, but he was humble with it. And, yeah, he berated players and whatever. But, you know, he, he, he never upset the dressing room, even though he could have, even though he stormed out and, like, had to train on his own and whatever. Other players didn't. You know, didn't react off the back of it. They all just welcomed him back in and whatever. And because he's a winner and he leads by example, and and it's no different to Sanchez. I mean, if we're turning down players like that because of you know, all all good players, all great players have egos from from Messi downwards. Um, okay, and, and, I, and that's yeah, but, it, but I mean, it's how you, I mean, it's how you channel that. I mean, I, I totally agree, and I I get I get the point that they have egos, and that certainly some part of that is is to do with the winning mentality and whatever. And, Roy Keane used to, you know, tear strips off of United players and, you know, Cantona led by example and, you know, we have our own Sunez in the past and, and many, many more who have done that. But more what I, I suppose more what I'm getting at is do you risk blowing the wad on a big a big fat signing who could potentially disrupt the team ethic? Because what Arsenal had, even if they were underachieving or possibly have been under underachieving for a lot of years. They had that consistency. They had that teamwork. They had that no Which, matter what, we're going to finish in the top four. And I don't see that now. Was that not just Wenger? Is that not, you know, everyone's been set in their ways and Sanchez has come in and not accepting that. Shaking it up. Yeah. yeah. So it's not really an ego, per se. It's just, it's maybe upsetting Wenger because somebody's questioning him, yeah, you know, yeah. and maybe the rest of the players. I mean, we all know South Americans are crazy. I mean, look at our own one we had. So maybe it's just that, you know, it's, he's, you know, he's talking to the players in a different way. And I mean, he's a winner. He hates losing and, and he wants to do it. So maybe now because he's there and other players have seen him, you know, being a bit more vocal, you know, they're the same. And it's more of a, rather than just, oh, Arsene Wenger, he's the, the hierarchy will do what he says and yeah, there's a new along. There's a new sheriff in town. I, I mean, look, let's look at how Klopp handles Sato. <laughs> he's not going to let anybody come in and, and ruin anything. I mean, he, he got, for me, Saka was our best defender. He was, he was a leader on the pitch and, and he got rid of him. Um, however you feel about it and whatever happened, we'll, we don't know, but, so he's not going to stand back for it. So, yeah. so having somebody who, who, who's got the potential to be, you know, troublesome, I think Klopp could nip it in the bud early, even before he actually signs. So I, I think, I think this is, this is, I, first of all, I don't think we'll sign Alexis Sanchez. I don't think Arsenal would ever allow it to happen. Um, not after Suarez. <laughs> no, it would, it would, they would never allow it to happen. Um, particularly if, if they don't get into the Champions League this year. The wider issue for me is what that type of transfer represents is that we need to be in a position to complete a transfer like that and to be able to afford it to fail. Mm. Do you know what I mean? We need to be able to go in and say we're gonna spend X amount of money on that player and we're gonna and we're gonna pay them X amount of wages. And if it do, it doesn't have to work out alright because we're gonna buy that one and we're gonna buy that one as well. Yeah no yeah, I mean it's not a domino effect. Yeah. Yeah see that I just I just I just think it's it's a big risk. It's always a big risk to go massively balls out on one 
player. Like, um, so I mean, I, I can see both sides. I mean, there is the statement element, and there is also the side that he could work. You know, he could fit like a glove, and it could absolutely be perfect. And you could think, why the fuck haven't we been doing this all along? On the on the other hand, there is the there is always that that chance that he is the, the Shevchenko or the or the Soldado or whatever, and it, and it absolutely blows up in your face. I, I for me, Neil, I just think he he would he would be perfect. He I, he would just be absolutely perfect for us in my eyes. His work rate is is I I, I watch him run I watch him run past his own players to close people down yeah, when he's playing yeah, for Arsenal. Like fucking, he is like the roadrunner. Like he's, Do you know what I mean? No, um, no. Plus, his, his fucking numbers in the Premier League are unbelievable, playing for Arsenal. So, you know, if we could sign him, I absolutely would, but we need to sign someone. Happen. It's not going to happen, but we need to be able to go out and we need to be able to blow 40 million here on 200 grand a week. 40 million there and 200 grand a week and 30 million there and 150 grand a week and go, do you know what? See, if one of these guys don't work out, it's not that bad because two of them probably will. Yeah, fair enough. Well, on that note, we've been nattering on for, well, the guts of an hour and a quarter now. So I suppose we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Um, so yeah, uh, we've chatted about the international break injuries. The form of Philip Coutinho, and whether it's a worry, then we've looked at the uh, Merseyside derby, and of course we've we've got into transfers, and that that overran a little. So uh, apologies for that. Thanks for staying with us if you have. So I'd just like to thank you all very much for listening, and come to my guests just to to say uh, to give you their their plugs, where you can find them, and uh, to say cheerio. So Ali, what about you? You up to anything at the minute? You on anything on WFI or or anything else? Yeah, me and. Gav, uh, Gav Haverty, I've got our 11 Pieces of Me series. Um, we record every Friday. It's usually out over the weekend, so just check them out when you get a chance. They're, they're quite fun. I've got a few good guests on. The recent one we had was uh, former Liverpool under-23 manager Michael Beale. Oh, aye. Um, was the guest. So that was, it was quite an interesting conversation as well. So, yeah, just check everything out on WFI overall, though. Um, some fantastic content out there. So, And thank you guys for having me on. Not at all. It's been a pleasure, and I, I would second that. Yeah, WFI really has has got all your football needs covered. What about you then, Davy boy? Anything interesting to plug for us this week? No, I would plug Ali's uh, Ali's eleven pieces of me. Though they are they're a really they're a really fun listen, and some of the most bizarre formations that you'll have ever heard. <laughs> um, formations and players, <laughs> which is which is pretty interesting. Like. I can't remember the last one. It was like a fucking two one six or something. Fuck, I think I've left one out there. Like one, a, six, was it two. was it three one six or something? I can't remember what it was. Um. So yeah. Um. Uh, no. One, six, not, one. No. Oh, aye. I'm not. I'm it was, not. A, it was three one three one two. Oh, was that what it was? Three yeah, one three yeah, one. And then two. the week before was a five three one one. <laughs> we're getting we're getting all shapes. Right, yeah. I think we'll we'll park that for the time before I get confused. Any more confused? No, not not plugging anything. Um not plugging anything this week. I've had a quiet week. That's it. So we're plugging three points and Schadenfreude, so that's what we're all about this weekend. And as far as I'm concerned, yeah, um this is really all I'm up to at the moment. Not really got any time for, for any other pods or certainly no writing. I wanted to do something this year, but that hasn't happened. 
this year. Yeah, the whole year. I've just been snowed under with work and just haven't got around it. And then every time I've had an idea, some other fucker's written something about it, like, and that's been that. So, um, so yeah, you, this is all you get from me, and you're probably glad of that. So we'll wrap it up. Thanks very much for listening. We have been the Copcast podcast for Cop Left. Give WFI a look. Give Cop Left a look. And uh, let's look forward to three points in the derby on Saturday. Mm-hmm.